Welcome in to the Victory Sports Podcast. I am your host, Preston Victory. I hope you all are doing well. Today we've got my former teammate, Anthony Pavoni, on, and we talk the PLL Championship. We give our overall thoughts on the game, break down the rosters, and then we dive a little bit into sports betting. Another thing that we touch on is Paul Rabel's retirement. And this was big news that broke earlier this week. Paul has been probably the biggest influence on the game of lacrosse as a whole, at least in my lifetime. And we talked about whether he's the GOAT and kind of got into a discussion about like what goes into calling somebody the GOAT. But anyway, it's a fascinating discussion. Anthony is a four-time all-conference player at Ohio Northern University at the midfield position. So he's pretty good, and I thought he gave us a very interesting perspective when it comes to the game of lacrosse. And with that, we will get right on into it. Western victory. Anthony Pavoni, how's it going? Welcome to the Victory Sports Podcast. All right, what's happening? Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So, what are you thinking? What do you, you get a prediction on the game? Uh, I do have a prediction on the game, but if it's all right, I'd like to dive into the teams first. Sure, go for it. All right, so I want to start with the Whip Snakes oh. and and their uh, overall roster. So, do you have like any thoughts on the team off the top of your head? I mean, as far as the Whipsnakes go, they are in comparison to the Golden State Warriors right now. You know, it's like they have, like, all these good young guys and with a balance of a lot of older, um, you know, deep midfielders that can bounce off each other. But they got guys who just run the game, Rambo and, you know, Chan and Chuck up top. And their goalies, you know, you had Burnmore and uh, what's his what's uh, Phipps, Phipps. yeah, step in big time. And I think they're just really well well rounded and a balanced team with you know a lot of good young guys and a lot of good old experienced you know veterans. Yeah, I I remember like they came out like to start the year and they looked they picked up right where they left off the prior year. Like I think they started off three and zero, they were mm-hmm. cruising, and then they got hit like big time by like the injury bug and Rambo missed, right. I think at least half of the season, he was able to come back at the end and it doesn't appear that he's really lost much of a step. But one thing that's like been a little concerning is I know Brian Phipps stepped up big time in the playoff mm-hmm. game, but I don't know how much I trust their goalie situation on a week to week basis, but um right. I absolutely trust their defense. I mean, led by, I would say, the best LSM in the game, Michael Earhart, an absolute mm-hmm. stud. And then their close defense with um, Bryce Young, Matt Dunn, and then Tim Muller. They got a great yeah. team around the goalie. I just think the key for them, at least winning the championship, like you know you're going to get production out of uh, Williams and Rambo, but will will Brian Tips be able to um, play – if he plays – as well as he did, if a little and a little bit better, I think the Whipsinks have a really good chance of being now it's three-time defending champs. So right. yeah, 
I agree with you. I think they, um, I think they're a great all around team. I would say they're a little Williams and Rambo dependent though. That was, I'd say would be my biggest concern with the team. Right. But I think, I think their defense holds enough power that can, you know, work in transition and then, you know, unsettled transition with their, um, you know, exceptional play with the long sticks and then, you know, transitioning into the midfielders, you know, they have that, that really, really nice veteran, you know, Channing Chuck up top and, you know, Brad Smith has been playing well too. It's just, you know, like balanced young guys and veterans just working together. I, I think good players step up in, you know, big games and we'll see what happens with this midfielder group. Yeah. One other concern I have, or one concern I have is I don't really, I don't really see them make a lot of transition plays. I mean, now Nardella does key some of their transition from the faceoff right. X, but I just, I think with a team like the chaos who like to create literal chaos and especially in the middle of the field, um, yeah. if they can limit the damage that they do, like from defense to offense, which the chaos is like dominated in the semifinals. I think they have a very good chance to win this. So I think when it comes to the keys, like keys for the whip snakes, I would say good goalie play and stopping uh, chaos's transition in the middle of the field. Cause I think chaos had at least two, two point goals from Costaville yeah. and um, Troy Ray. So I think that will be yeah. important for them. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, maybe in our, like I was looking today at the roster and, you know, Nardell has been taking all their face-offs, and I don't know if it's the last game of the season. You know, he's probably beaten up a little bit, and I think that might be able to play into the advantage of chaos because they throw two guys at the face-off every game. I, I don't remember the names, though. Who is it? Um, Max Adler and then um, – what's his name? They haven't played the second face-off guy in a long time. It was um... – Michael Gallagher, yeah, he was the he's the rookie yeah. out of Notre Dame. Oh, Kyle Gallagher, Kyle Gallagher. Yeah, one one yeah. thing to note though about so like while I think the Whip Snakes will have the advantage at the faceoff X, yeah, I, I have a couple of thoughts on the faceoff um, matchup, especially when it comes to the PLL specifically. I don't think mm-hmm. it matters nearly as, as much compared to college or high school, and that's because of the sh- right. how how small or how short the shot clock is. Because, right. you know, even if you lose the face off, you just got to hold for about, you know, 30, 40 seconds and then you get the ball back. So yeah. I don't think even if Nardella does have like a dominant day against Max Adler, I don't think it will mm-hmm. have a huge effect on the game. But I do think it's right. going to be a lot closer than what people think, because last week or um, in the semifinal, I said, Shay, Adler um, went 10 of 22 against Baptiste, who I consider to be the best in the world. So, right. He's gotten a lot better throughout the season. I know he had a rough start, but lately he's been on. I think it, it just took him a little bit to get adjusted to the PLO rules because those, like, I know as a face-off guy, the ball placement, like, before they blow the whistle, that's that would be an adjustment. I know for me to, like, get used to where the ball is and, like, you have to adjust your technique just even, like, a little bit. That little smidge yeah. can make a difference at the beginning. Right. And I'll leave the face-off talk to a man who has taken face-offs. 
Yeah, I just I like I think it's a I think it's a fascinating mass that matchup, but I don't I don't think it'll people yeah. make it out to be a much bigger deal than what I think it really is. Which I mean, as a as a former right. faceoff guy, it's it's kind of it kind of stinks that the faceoff doesn't have as big an effect on the game. But at the same same time, I think what they're encouraging is transition, which is what the faceoff definitely uh, generates, especially with players like Nardella who. I mean, if he wasn't a face-off guy, I feel like he could almost like make it in the league as an offensive midi. Like he generates a ton, probably of, a ton of offense for the whipsakes, and that's where I'd say they get the majority of their transition game from. So yeah. Adler's gonna if he loses the face-off, Adler will have to play some defense, but I'll I wouldn't be too concerned about that. All right, all right. You want to talk about the chaos now? Talk chaos. What do you got? All right. So regarding the chaos, their offense is it's it runs through Dane Smith and Josh Burns. Those are their those are their horses. I was looking at their um, point totals. Like no one. So Josh Burns got twenty nine points in the regular season, and then Dane Smith's got twenty. Chris Cloutier had nineteen, but besides that, there's a big drop off in production. So. If the chaos are going to have any chance, like Dane Smith's got to continue playing like really well, and show and uh, so does Josh Byrne. But I I kind of like the structure of their offense. I'll be honest, a little bit more than I do the Whip Snakes because it's just keyed. Like their offense is completely keyed by Williams and Rambo, whereas I think the chaos are a little bit more of a team. Like yes, right. their main Dodgers are Byrne and um, Smith. But like their off-ball guys are really skilled. They've got they've got shooters like Mac O'Keefe, Chase Fraser, and Chris Cloutier who can have the ability to catch and finish inside. So I think as long as Smith and um, Burn win their matchups, I think it could potentially create a lot of problems for the Whip Snakes. Yeah, like um, I like a lot of their off-ball guys. I think Mac O'Keefe's going to have a big game. Uh, he's due for one. And, you know, Chris Cloutier is, you know, just a stud off ball on the crease, just kind of camps out there and finds his groove. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a battle between these guys. Um, Josh Burns going to have to step up. But, you know, that's, that's a given. You know, great players step up in great games. But we'll see. I, I really like watching uh, uh, Dane Smith play midi. He's just so fun to watch. I think he's one of my favorite players to watch as, uh, in the PLL right now. As a midi, he just goes hard every time. And, you know, he creates his own, creates his own opportunities. So he's really fun to watch. Yeah, I, I, he, his style is very unique, I would say, compared to most midfielders. Like, he's very – he doesn't, like, appear fast, like, like, you know, like this super athletic guy. But, like, he's very deceptive with his feet. And he yeah. – he, positions his body like in a way where he's got leverage on like on his defender and then he's able to right. make him look silly then he's it when he draws the slide he's able to find the open man and you know that's just that's been huge for a chaos offense that's been pretty inconsistent throughout the year I believe they were ranked second to last in the regular season offensively oh wow and then their power play was ranked second to last so like they really need to get Smith to continue producing the way he has so far in these playoffs. 
I think Andy Towers does a good job of making sure that happens. You know, Andy Towers is a great coach and he knows, you know, he knows how to make good players get open. And I think, you know, with, with those, with those players, you know, Dane Smith, you know, he's able to coach them up and put them in positions where, you know, they will be successful. So you got to give some credit there to Andy Towers. No, I think, I like, I don't know if you've seen any of his uh, pregame speeches or anything. I think it was the, um, of course. I think it was the semifinals one that I saw recently where he talked about the, um, this like kid that bullied him when he was in sixth grade, like this eighth grader, like took his lunch money and oh. he like was going to play him on the field. He like, he was going to play them. Like this was like years in like high school or something like that. And like, they made eye right. contact and they're like, you knew you knew what was about to happen where like Andy Towers was about to like crush this like <laughs> that tried to, you know, be like, I'm in eighth yeah. grade. I'm, I'm better than you. Right. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that, but he was on Friday beers though. Like his speech. Did you see that? His, um, I have like, not seen that. Oh, that's a good meme. They, okay. Friday beers used uh, Andy Towers. <laughs> it was good. I'll have to look that up for sure. Yeah. I will I will be really curious how he handles the defensive matchups because I think the chaos, if they play it right, they have the potential to limit Williams and Rambo with Jared Newman and Jack Rellette, because those I would two I would consider those two to be two of the best defenders in the league. I mean, Rallette shut down um what's his name? It's the archers attackman. We- who they just put, oh it's uh it's not Manny or Hol- Marcus Holman no, no. Uh, crap. hang on this is where editing comes into play oh my, I got you right here uh attack Will Manning O'Connor Fields Grant Amon yeah Grant Amon because Grant so like Rowlett did an amazing job of shutting down Grant Amon in the uh the first round of the playoffs like right. The, and so I think you put Rowlett on Rambo and then you put Newman on Williams. That's what okay. I that's what I would go with. And if you can contain or just like limit what those two like those guys do, then the Whip Snakes mm-hmm. offense, I mean, it proved it when um both the or Rambo was out that it's yeah. it's not nearly the same offense that it is. Like now when they're on the field no. and they're go they're they're going, they're borderline unstoppable because as you mentioned, they've got great off-ball midfielders that like know how to get open, and Chan and Chuck being a yeah. big two-point threat. So I think the chaos defense has a chance because you have those two defenders, and you've got the best player in the world right now in Blaze Reardon. He like he's been 100%. he's been he's been ridiculous this year. Yeah, he really has. He I mean he's what's he, he's really going to win um, Gold of the Year again, right? Most I think likely. he's I think I think he should win MVP as well. So. These are like his stats. So he had a 61% save percentage in the regular season, where six out of those nine games, he had a 60% or better save percentage. And then if you look at the playoffs too, you're like, how does he do in the playoffs? Because that's when it matters most. He stopped 30 of 48 shots on net mm-hmm. for a 60. So he's been better. Like he has a 63% save percentage in the playoffs. Like he's been like hands down. I don't like if he plays at this level, I, I think it is the chaos's game to lose. But then again, right. you've got great offense like chaos, or sorry, like the whip snakes. So like I'm 
I wonder if he's going to be able to maintain that, but he has so far this year. And I think he deserves MVP, not just goalie of the year, but MVP for how he's yeah. played. Did, wait, so did he win goalie or MVP last year as well? I don't know. If, I don't believe that they named an MVP last year because it was so short. Oh, or no, they, no, they, it was Zed Williams. Sorry. Yeah. It was Zed Williams. Zed Williams. Cause he played like, he had like five or six goals in the championship game against chaos last year. Like, yeah. cause it was tied for a while. Then like, I think it was like the third quarter. Or so it, he just broke out and like, he like, right. I call it like, he like Sergio Perkovic them where he just like put his head down and lower his shoulder and just yeah. like bullied his way to the net. Right. Right. He got it to go. But yeah, I think if blaze plays up to his MVP potential, then I think it's honestly the, the chaos is game to lose. Cause he also, just, he doesn't just yeah. stop the ball. He keys transition. And that was a big part right. of why they were able to beat Atlas so well. Like the first, I think they had like two or three goals that were keyed just by transition. It wasn't even um, a set offense. So I think the chaos have the advantage when it comes to like defense to offense, but the way the whip sinks are constructed, I think they have the ability to limit that. At the same time, I think the chaos have the ability to limit the effectiveness of Williams and Rambo. So it depends on interesting. I think those matchups are something to like to pay attention to. Yeah. Uh, they're short stick D middies as well. I think those are, I th- I'd give the edge to the, the whip snakes. Cause that's something that, that doesn't get talked about a ton, but if you have good short stick D middies playing defense yeah. is a whole lot easier um, just from a sliding and rotating perspective. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still think I'd give the advantage to, um, uh, you know, the whip snakes offense, you know, Matt Rambo. I don't, I, I just don't know if like, yeah, Rollett's good and Newman's, Newman's good, but you know, Rambo and Smith have been able to prove that they can throw, you can throw whoever at them, but they're going to still get their own, you know, so oh, I yeah. still got to get, and, and they're the rain, two time reigning champs. Like they've seen everybody in this league for the past three years. Like, they know how to beat whoever. So it just, it's going to come down to, you know, who wants it more, I guess. And that's part of the reason I, I'm going to, I think the chaos are going to win the championship. Um, oh, Preston victories made a prediction. I there it made, is. <laughs> I have made a prediction. <laughs> I think, I think the whip snakes have got the better uh, roster with like better group of players, but I think the chaos have got a better team and, based off how like the identity of this team is you know they like they crawl back like they're fighters they come back and they're going to remember last year like they're not going to forget losing to the whip snakes in the championship game and everybody has been picking against them this postseason so far like they were right they're like i think the least number of people who picked the um the pl team to win the championship was the chaos of the teams that made the playoffs and so, oh, wow. Yeah. So like, they've got that like front and center in their locker room. They, I've bet again, I've like, I've picked against them the past couple of weeks or past couple of rounds. I'm not picking against them again. So I would say I'd give the edge to the chaos, but I definitely think it's, I mean, the whip snakes could definitely like, they have the potential to win this game, like hands down, like the talent's there. I just think the, yeah. the team aspect of the chaos and just their straight up determination is going to 
win the myth this this time around. Okay, you've been you've been betting against them, huh? I have, but I'm, I'm all right. I've I've learned my lesson. I would say I am not okay. betting now again. I mean, I could come back to bite me because I mean, you know, like the web snakes have proven to be undefeated when it comes to um like be, like betting for them, you right. know, like so. I know, like, I'm sure, like, you know, right, people are going right. to give the edge to the whip snakes, and I get that. But I think, I just think, like, the team, even with the chaos, is better. They got better chemistry. I, I love their coach and, like, the fire he brings. So I think ultimately that's what prevails yeah. this year. If the chaos had right. won last year, I feel like I would probably pick the whip snakes this year. Yeah, you think it's time for the whip snakes reign to be over? I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, I think they're going to be good for many years to come. Like Rambo's still relatively young. Williams, I don't know how old Williams is, but I don't think he's he's not old. So no, he's young. I think he's like twenty six. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say like they're going to be around for a while. Like there's, yeah. I mean, they're always be the running, yeah. but it's like you know, eventually these teams. I mean, these other teams have just you know, they're going to have it with them. I mean, it's hard to after you've won so much to continue to work like the same amount, like put in the same work they yeah. like you have like off season after off season. It's, it's just natural for like, you know, like us humans to, if we win so much, like get a little potentially complacent. Right. Right. We'll like, see. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game, but oh, I, I think it would wait. be good. I, I think it's like, here's my take on the whip snakes if they win like, i feel like it's good for the league because it creates them more you know it, it makes them more of a villain to the whole like world not just to the league nobody really likes whip snakes in the league right you have a few people who are yeah. whip snakes fans and stuff like that but you know whip snakes have deemed themselves the villain in the league and that's good for a new league that's only been around for three years so now when they win or if they win, I think it can only do well for the league just to create more of like a larger presence of, wow, this team has won three straight titles in a brand new league. Who are they? Why are they doing so well? Who's on their team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it just kind of snowballs from there and creates more of a, you know, more publicity for, for the PLL. So I think overall it'd be good for the league. Are you insinuating that they might, um, the PLO might tip the game to the Whip Snakes? No, I'm not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Because you have that, I mean, like, so the Patriots, they, you have those people that like have little, those conspiracy theories out there <laughs> that, like, I don't know, they're, it helps the league when Tom Brady like wins, even though he's won so much at this point. I think he's, yeah, seven at this point right now. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm not insinuating that, but hey. Some people out there listening might be. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, like, I, I definitely agree with you. It is good for the league. Um, mm-hmm. I also just think, I mean, the league, though, has proven itself to, I, you know, like, build quite up a fan, like, a, like build up like yeah. a big fan base. I know uh, Mike right. Rabel said during uh, Paul Rabel's retirement that tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but the championship game, is set to be the most uh, attended lacrosse game in like PLL's history. So that's that's awesome. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm 
extremely excited for the league. It's it sucks to see someone like Paul Rabel go, and it's I just, know. I just look back and I think when I was like in middle school, like the line to meet, I would go to championship weekends. Like you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the line would be just like ridiculous just to get him to like sign something and everything. I just right. It was hard to watch him in the like because I didn't get to watch him too much until he played in the PLO because like the MLL wasn't really on TV much. Yeah, you'd catch like highlights on YouTube. That's it. Exactly. Now I remember when I would when I was growing up and like starting lacrosse and you know really taking it seriously, I would watch his like shooting drills, mm-hmm. and I I still do them with the kids that I coach. It's the one I don't know if you've seen it, but. It's the one where he's like super close to the goal and he's like painting each pipe. Yes. Mm-hmm. It works so well. And, you know, just looking back on it, it's like that was what, maybe 12 years ago when I watched that video. And yeah. now he just retired and I'm still using this drill to like teach <laughs> these kids. I mean, it's cool to see, you know, just awesome to see how far lacrosse has grown. No, oh, yeah. Like I'm. I sent out a tweet, and I was like, I mean, just thank you for, for everything you've done for the game, you know, and, like, I mean, and stuff he's going to continue to do. I know right. he he says his goal, his next goal that he's going to try to do is get at least two lacrosse goals in every single state of the, like, of the United States to help make lacrosse more of, a, like, a mainstream sport. Because like when right. you think when you think about like a, an average park that you go to, you typically see a baseball field, basketball courts, and tennis courts. Yep. Those are typically yep. the things. And so he wants to make it to where, oh, there's a lacrosse course. There's a lacrosse school there. So, right, right, yeah, great goal, great, great goal. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I just I wonder like how are states like Alaska gonna work? I mean that's that's up to him to figure out, of course. Yeah. You know, it's weird because I was just in Maryland and I was at a park. We were at a few different parks um, shooting different scenes mm-hmm. and I didn't see any lacrosse goals. And that's, I, I was surprised actually because huh. I was in Maryland and, you yeah. know, right in between Baltimore and Washington. I was like, well, geez, what's up with that? You know, hmm. got to start, got to start where the, where, where lacrosse started, you know? And oh yeah. Huh. Interesting. That is surprising. Yeah. You think he's yeah, the greatest? I was, actually shocked. I was looking. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. Um, do you think he's the greatest of all time? The greatest of all time. I'm saying I think he is like hands down. He's the well, all time. Well, he's gotta points. be. I mean, well, I yeah, I would say I would say probably. Uh, well, then you got the one of the you know who, which one which one of the Gate brothers was the best? Is it Paul? Paul Gate or? I think it was Paul Gate. I'm not sure, but I mean. You can say that he's the greatest of all time mm-hmm. just because I think the sport is so new. And I don't know if it's appropriate to say greatest of all time just because of the fact that it's such a new sport. So, sure, he's the greatest of all time mm-hmm. so far. I mean, it's only been around for so long. So, yeah, but you can also compare him to Kyle Harris in the head you know, just as big of an impact on the game as Paul Rabel. Mm-hmm. And now for, and I don't know the stats side by side between the two, oh, yeah. Kyle Harrison and Paul Rabel, but I think both of them have impacted the game fairly equally. 
So depending on what we're looking at to consider who the greatest of all time is, I think, you know, impact of the game is, is, uh, is, is pretty valuable. Well, I think that's, I think that opens up an interesting discussion about what should be considered when it comes to goat conversations, like greatest of all time. Cause if you, if right. you want to jump to other sports real quickly, I mean, you got um, basketball, like I'm, you're a LeBron yeah. guy, right? I'm a LeBron guy yeah. every day, you know, it, it, there's something with him that I don't, you know, typically agree with, but yeah, I still have Cleveland roots with him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, just like what makes, like, it depends on what people consider to like, what's the makeup of the greatest all time. Cause LeBron's going to beat Michael Jordan and all the major like statistical categories that won't, right, right. that won't be, there won't be any comparison there, but then you've got, I didn't get to watch Michael Jordan play. I mean, obviously I've seen the highlights and like the last, uh, the last dance and all that. Right. And people, I mean, it's hard to say, like you base it off of just championships. And so I think, I guess the reason I call Paul, like Paul Rabel the goat is it's, it's a comb- it's a variety of factors. One, I think he's the all-time leader in points for pro lacrosse history. So they took okay. his, they take his MLL points and combine them with um, right. PLL points. Um, so that's, that's one factor. He's won, um, he's won two. Yeah. He's, he won two championships in the MLL. Um, and then like, just like the capital off, I do take some, part of what goes into that thought process is the impact he's like he literally launched a league like it's the first professional lacrosse league that gives health benefits to his players like professional lacrosse league i should say because other sports leagues do that right so so i think you know in terms of goat you know conversation i think you could say michael jordan walked so lebron could run you know and i think in terms of longevity of the pll Paul Rabel is, in my eyes, considered the Michael Jordan, and he's walking. So in 10 years, people that are younger than us can run and really do great things in the PLL. So I guess you can also say that, you know, because he started the PLL, you know, with the impact of the game, you can give that edge to to Paul Rabel over um, Kyle Harrison. But I just felt when I was growing up, Kyle Harrison to me had, you know, more of a, um, I guess, swagger to himself and to his brand that really impacted, uh, you know, my playing of lacrosse growing up. And he started that one league is what, what was it? The XLM league or I can't yeah, the two, the tour. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't, I think it's X are in like tour league. I know because some Something MLL like players, so some MLL players I know went to play in that league instead of the MLL. Right. Right. So I don't know. I think they both, they both have done, you know, great things for the, for the sport of lacrosse. And, you know, I don't think you can give it to one another. So that's just my whole take. I mean, yeah, I will say goes. like, it is hard to compare Michael Jordan to LeBron from just from a, two completely different times the game was different you didn't shoot threes right. the way you do nowadays i get right. that I, I think that's a very acceptable argument just appreciate both players greatness and stop right. trying to stop trying to like make it like this intense debate when in reality i don't think they're terribly comparable like i would personally lean 
like more towards Jordan, but at the same time, like I understand, like I understand the LeBron argument. I do like, I mean, you know, right. They're both great. So I think that's good just to kind of leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Who we got next? Sports betting. So here, I'll give you, I'll give you the lot, the, the spread, the money line and total scores. And you can give me your thoughts on, cause I've got mine, but okay. let me know what you think. So the spread on the game is with snakes by one and a half. The okay. money, the money line is uh, minus 160, like towards the whip snakes and plus 140 for the chaos. And then the total score is 23 and a half. I think that's really low. You think 23 and a half is low? I think that's low. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, one, I think, oh, geez, let me see. Yeah, I think that's low. I do think that's low. Really? Okay. So, like, is it, I mean, would you I say? I think it's going to be a shootout. You think it's to be a shooter like with the, like the um the offenses? I think it's because when I watch chaos play, they muck it up, right? They create chaos. They yes. like to run and gun and just score in transition, and that creates a lot of opportunity. And you know, mistakes could happen that turn into goals for the whip snakes. So I think it's gonna be a back and forth battle. And when they're creating chaos and hopefully maybe scoring goals during this tra- these transitions. When the ball gets to the whip snakes and they're six on six, I would say is their best way of scoring. I think they really can rack up some goals. So I, I don't know. I mean, really low to 23 and a half, I guess, isn't really low. I would probably put it around 24, 25 and a half. Okay. To, you know, I don't know. But – yeah, I've always seen like what was the last year? Uh, I probably don't know the last year's uh, over under. I don't know last year's over and under. I just know I think the final score is nine to three though. It was a low score. It was a low scoring affair. I know. Wow, I, I still think that's low. I still think that's low. I think these guys are going to come out just guns a blaze and just just going to shoot the shit out of the ball. I've I definitely get that. I guess where my I would bet the un, I actually would bet the under and the my biggest um, reasoning for that is Blaze Reardon. I think um, you have a goalie like right. him right. who's that good and can make that big of an impact single handedly on games. I think the Chaos defense kind of, in a way, mm-hmm. like they know how they know how good their goalie is, so they're comfortable yeah. giving up particular shots because they're like, all right, Blaze has got that. That's not this isn't that's not an issue. Like he can handle that. So right. that's my biggest reason. And I kind of, I mean, part of my thought process was last year's game. I know it was, it was low scoring. I think Newman and Rowlett can contain um, Rambo and Williams enough. I mean, they're still going to get their points. Like they're going to make like, ooze, yeah. like oohs and ahs like throughout the game. Right. But I think they contain them enough. And then I don't, know, I don't trust the chaos's, offense to produce on a consistent basis so i just like whether the whip snakes end up winning or the chaos like chaos winning i think it's going to be lower than that i think it's gonna be lower than what people are expecting maybe i just think you know even looking at last year the chaos really tried to like play the whip snakes game settle on settle down six on six and 
you said nine to three was the final. Yeah, nine to three was the final. I believe so. Right. So they had three goals doing what the Whipsnakes do. Right. I think if the Cavs play their game, you know, in transition and score fast and just have fun, I think it's just going to be a just a shootout. I'm and plus. I always I'm gonna bet the over on on most games because you know lacrosse can get out of hand in in a quick second. So I'm gonna take the over on that one, even though it seems a bit risky. But hey, I mean that's that's the reality of sports betting. Yep. And you know, I'm looking up, I'm trying to find. You said whip whip snakes were plus one, or they're giving up one. Um, it was minus. It was minus it was minus one and a half the whip snakes. Uh, I think the whip snakes will cover. I think the whip snakes will will, will be able to handle that for sure. Okay. Um, since, since I got the whip snakes winning, I think they'll win by a few goals. I got you. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy because like all the like it's whichever team like is up potentially in the last minute and they have if they have the ball like you know they're gonna send their goalie out to try and take the ball away and that could. It's yeah. That's the one thing about sports betting that's so like those last moments. Like even when the game is one, it could potentially turn to that because it could be a one goal game initially. But then if the chaos press out, then Lips right. could cover. No, yeah, I get that play. I mean, with me taking the chaos, I I'm gonna take the chaos and the spread. But okay. like I said, I I think it go either way. The big thing is they've got to generate transition like they did against the atlas the atlas had a really good offense the problem was is the face-off game is a little bit closer than expected i thought the chaos did a good job with like forcing bad shots and blaze eating those shots up and transitioning from d to o yeah what was the final in that uh game do you know 15 to 9 if i'm not mistaken See, I see that's what I'm saying. When the chaos play their game and in transition, they'll rack up points. That's why I think the, the over under is so low, right? If they throw 15 at it, and I, I mean, yeah. 15 16 game, I mean, it's a low, it's a low, low, uh, it's a low number prediction, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a low number for me. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, me too. Hoping for a classic. All right. Sounds good, Preston. So, yeah. Great talking to you, Anthony. Great talking to you as well. You are the man. Preston Victory, the podcast. Go get it, brother. Good job. Absolutely. Well, hey. Oh, uh, I'll see you soon. It only, it's alumni weekend. Will be it's a month. Oh, One yeah. Month. Wow. One month away. Exactly. I'll see you in a month. All right, man. Thanks for having me. See you in a month. All right. Awesome. Can't wait. Later. Later. I hope you all enjoyed today's interview. I thought it was a very fun back and forth conversation where Anthony pointed out some things I hadn't thought about and, you know, I I learned as a result. But I'm excited to watch the PLL Championship this weekend. But don't forget to watch college football and NFL. I sent out my gambling picks for the week earlier on Wednesday. Go check those out. Get rich. And I hope you all have an amazing weekend. I'll be back in 
recap the PLL Championship on Monday's episode, and hopefully I turn out to be right. You know, that's the beauty of debates. Sometimes you might be right, you might be wrong, and I feel pretty confident I'm going to come out on top, but we'll see. But have a great weekend. Thank you all for tuning in. My name is Preston Victory, and this is the Victory Sports Podcast.